Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here to X's and Bros on the Michigan Sports Network. Danny Kahala, Ryan Elke, Anthony Bellino all joining you. Joining us now covering uh, the world of Major League Baseball and, of course, all sports Michigan-related. You can find him on Twitter, Castellani2014. Find his videos there. Find him at Barstool Sports. He's got a new podcast coming soon as well. Our good buddy Chris Castellani. Chris, my friend, how are you? How's life? How are things, partner? Well, it picked up. Man. I'll tell you what. Uh, the uh, This Thursday was a roller coaster of emotions. You know, we had we had my Wolverines blowing a seventeen point lead. Oh, you know, I leave terrible. I, I leave. I head. I, I leave. I head to the gym, and all of a sudden, um, uh, traction when it comes to this uh, these labor negotiations. And uh, now baseball is back. Uh, I, I kind of against all odds, I would say, and, and we'll discuss it here in a minute about what led to this. But uh, definitely a, uh, a a much needed boost. Uh, in the world of sports, and uh, it's something I'm, I'm incredibly excited about to finally be able to talk about actual baseball, not negotiations, not when this is going to end, actual baseball stuff. I'm, uh, it's a very exciting time. How surprised were you that it just kind of happened? I mean, they, they, the talks were kind of close on Wednesday, and they broke down over the international draft and Thursday, as you mentioned. The Big Ten tournament's going on. Michigan's falling apart in the second half, and then all of a sudden we get this news and boom, stories are posted at like 3.30, like, here's the details, here's what you need to know. We're back on track, April 7th, it's go time. How surprised were you that a deal actually got done? Uh, very. Uh, I think that I was under the belief that they had those 10 days of negotiations in, in Jupiter, Florida, about a week ago. That was, that was their last-ditch attempt. And when they separated, and Manfred did his press conference announcing, hey, we're canceling the first week of games, um, I was under the impression at that point that it was going to go from bad to worse. And because we've seen this, I mean, we saw it in 2020 uh, during the COVID year. We saw it this year where when these sides are far apart, they're so far apart that they don't even talk to each other. Now I was encouraged by the fact that they went uh, about a weekend in which there was no conversation. And then things picked back up. Things picked up uh, relatively early this week, but, as great of a job as so many beat writers do of covering baseball, um, there's a lot of misinformation. And there has been uh, for a long time because you have certain writers who report to the owners or who get information from the owners. And you have certain writers who get information from the players. And those are two completely separate opinions regarding how close we were. So I was not really getting uh, my hopes up at the same time, uh, and, and, you know, during the afternoon on Thursday, it became very clear that these sides were all of a sudden very close because I, I think that there was this false narrative created last week 
that, oh, they were so close to a deal and then things fell apart. I don't think they were ever really that close, to be completely honest with you. I, I think that that was a narrative pushed by the owners to try to get the players to budge, and they didn't. One day there's going to be a whole documentary about this whole thing because it seemed like everything moved so fast over the last few days. And as frustrating as this whole process has been, and, and I'll continue to say it was frustrating and unnecessary, the fact that this whole thing is going to end with us getting 162 games with only you know, a week's delay in between you know, from what, what the initial opening day was going to be until when it's actually going to be on April 7th, um, it, it's hard to not argue that this isn't an overwhelming success and a surprising success uh, at that. So the, the ownership group and the players, they come to a, an agreement. What I thought was very interesting be, between you know the, this agreement actually taking place and Jeff Passan getting hacked by some NFT company yeah. was the yeah. fact uh, that he had said the, the breakdown of the votes makes it clear the players wanted to play. Player reps who represent the rank and file voted 26 to 4 in favor of the agreement. The executive subcommittee made of elected leaders voted 8-0 against it. That to yeah. me is very shocking that, okay, the elected leaders go against it, but everybody else is like, yeah, let's just get out there and play. You know, should they, should the union be concerned about that at all? Or is it just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Well, I think that the players were very united during this whole process and, and they were, they were really fighting for something. I, I understand what they were fighting for. And look, I, a lot of people have painted this as millionaires versus millionaires. That's not the case. Like, I, you know, I like this guy. He added a lot to the Tigers last year, but like Harold Castor is never going to be a millionaire. Okay. Like I, I think that a lot of people saw who was heading the players association and uh, kind of got this idea it was millionaires versus billionaires. But look at a guy like Max Scherzer, right? Max Scherzer just made, uh, you know, AAV annual per year, just signed the greatest contract in the history of baseball, only three years, but he's going to be making 43 million. Max Scherzer was willing to fight to a point where there was the potential. And this was talked about at one point after, you know, the, the, the talk uh, separated uh, about this year never even happening. Well, that's $43 million Max Scherzer would never have back. They were really united in this whole thing. But I think what happened is finally cooler heads prevailed because I think both these sides were really fighting for what they believed in. But they were also aware of the fact that if this goes any further, regardless of what you believe in and regardless of where you're going with this, it's going to reflect poorly on both parties. And I think that there was also some talk um, about, and I, I know little about hockey, but I know a lot about so, you know, the year that I think it was 05 when hockey officially got canceled. And what ended up happening there is a lot of people uh, put the blame, whether fair or not, on the players. And they ended up getting fleeced when those labor negotiations finally ended. I think that they were afraid of running into a situation like that. Did they get everything they wanted? I don't think so. Did they get a lot of what they wanted? Yes. I mean, there are substantial, substantial changes. The game of baseball as a whole, as we know it, completely changed the second that this deal was signed. Scheduling is different. Uh, service time is different. Contracts are going to be different. And while maybe they didn't get everything they wanted, there is a substantial shift regarding um, player contracts and, and how we how baseball is going to be going about its business for the next several years until we get to the next uh, the next set of negotiations. 
What they should have done, Chris Castellani, in this collective bargaining agreement is outlawed the decade-long contract. Now, that is something I could get behind. That way, we wouldn't have to worry about paying Carlos Correa to hang out with Javi Baez and have the right. most electric infield in baseball. Uh, we wouldn't have to worry about 10 years. We could just do like six, and everybody gets happy. Uh, a couple of uh, – yeah. yeah, go ahead. Did you have something there? Well, no, no. I was just going to say that in an ideal world, truthfully, and, and I, I – the players want – a salary floor and a salary cap. And I think that they kicked the tires on it. It was a non-starter. It was always going to be a non-starter. And, and it, it, it that's disappointing because it means that the rich will get richer and the poor will get poorer, as is kind of the case in baseball. But, no, I mean, look, I'm with you. I, I think that that's I, – I don't know how long this CBA is going to last. Six, seven years from now, that's going to be what the next step is, is how do we create more parity? How do we get to a point where we have a team – um, to avoid situations where one team has a three hundred million dollar payroll and another team has a has an eighty million dollar payroll, um, I you know that we got a ways to go until we get there. But as long you know, we have a deal in place, and right now that's that's what's important to so many people, myself included. A couple of things that our listeners uh, and baseball fans across the world need to know: Opening day moves to April seventh. A full one hundred sixty two game schedule is going to be played. So I don't know exactly yeah. how they're going to do that. If they're going to tack on some double headers. If they extend the yeah. regular season a little bit, maybe they do a little bit of both. Uh, spring training will start March 17th. Free agency begins immediately now that it's ratified. And how about this? The playoffs expanding to 12 teams beginning this season. Chris, it's always been one of those things where Major League Baseball, you know, before you had to win your division, you had the one wild card, and that was it. Four teams in your league eight teams overall. Then they expanded it. And they did this, you know, basically what they like to call in the NFL, the super wild card, right? That one game eliminator. Yeah. And that's kind of fun because it includes more. Well, now they're expanding all the way to 12. So you'll have your three divisional winners, your three wild cards in each league. Do you like that? Um, look, you know, I'm actually somebody, I like the 10. I liked the one game wild card. I know it was kind of cheap and there was disadvantages. And we saw it many times with, Bumgarner and Arietta, where you would have a one-game playoff and a guy would just go out and deal and your season was over. I'm okay with 12, though. Now, anything beyond 12, no way. Um, I, I, can't, I can't go beyond that because I think that baseball, there's too much randomization to the sport of baseball, in my opinion, where anything beyond 12 teams becomes kind of ridiculous. This isn't, especially, what you look at the NBA, right, which is 16 teams. Now, I, I would argue and have argued for a long time that's insane. Like, how many teams in the NBA every year legitimately have a shot in a, in a year full of parity to win a championship? Five, you know, maybe six. I was going to say in maybe base, four on each side, uh, Eastern uh, and Western, maybe? Maybe, maybe. I mean, in a, in a good year. I mean, there was a period of time where it was like two, right, when the Warriors were really, really rolling there for a second. But I think in general, in a good year, like half of the playoff teams might have a shot. Um, in baseball, man, it, there's a – especially in a 102-game season, if you have a bad week, we thought we stay after the Tigers, dude. You have a week, three-game set where you're just not hitting, your season will be over. Now, I'm unsure, and I don't even know if it's been announced exactly what the series themselves will look like. It'll be another set of one-game playoffs. It'll be best two out of three. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure. And, and when I find that out, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll probably feel a little bit different. I think 12 is a fair compromise. Um, I, what I worry about, though, because you know, baseball is known for being a marathon and not a sprint, what I worry about is a situation in which an 84-win team plays a 100-win team 
and you know they, they win two games in a row. I don't think that's necessarily indicative. It almost makes the regular season kind of meaningless. Now, on the other end, though, you know, we're, you're a huge college basketball fan. You know I am, too. The same thing happens in other sports as well. Like, how often are the four best teams playing in the Final Four? Right? I mean, like, very little, right? That there's, it, there are examples in which you have a team that goes on a Cinderella run. I do believe it'll make things more fun for fans. As a Tigers fan, as somebody who would be who would kill to have an 84-win team sneak into the postseason, that's fun for me. But I do think we're once you go beyond 12, which may happen at one point someday, you're running into the risk of making this 162-game marathon season a little bit meaningless. Maybe that'll happen one day, but right now I'm, I, I can live with 12. I knew the owners were really big on expanding it. Um, I think they made a fair compromise with the 12-team postseason, but anything beyond that, I get a little bit skeptical. Yeah, and I think you can look to, as you mentioned, the NBA, okay, maybe four teams on each side have an opportunity. Hockey's a little bit different just because it's weird. You get a hot goaltender, yeah. you can have an eight seed actually win. Uh, the NFL in the divisional round for as great as, you know, the, you know, the wild card, uh, or the wild card round was a dud. The divisional round was great. Obviously, conference championships were awesome, but it took a second, right? I mean, the, the wild card round had some clunkers in there. It's, there's no doubt for about sure. it. And, and that's, not, not to cut you off, but just to make that example, like, I still, like, yeah, the NFL playoffs last year, the last three rounds were, I mean, just gold, right? Like, every game was perfect. But were the Steelers really a playoff team? I mean, were the Eagles really, like, did those look like teams that could make a run deep in the postseason? As fun as that postseason was, I still wholly disagree with, like, that them expanding it. I think they lucked out that the best teams play each other and you played really good games. I worry that we run into a situation like that in baseball. Hopefully not. we got a long ways to go. I'm not going to make any predictions about that. He's Chris Castellani. Find him on Twitter if you're not following him already at Castellani2014. Find his work over at Barstool. Uh, Chris, what do you make of the National League now adopting the designated hitter uh, starting this season, so we are not going to have uh, pitchers yeah. no longer have to hit. Now, I've I've been a stickler, and I'm gonna I'm gonna come clean here. I'm gonna admit something to you. I have been a stickler for no DH for my own personal advantage working in baseball because it was an easy out, right? And because I didn't want to get home at midnight anymore. I was like, let's go get the game <laughs> moving. These are easy outs. Plus, if a pitcher wants to throw some high heat at somebody, a little chin music, they're going to have to answer for it on the other end because they're actually going to have to step in the box. So all of my reasoning for the DH really, or no DH, really had nothing to do with the actual sport itself. It was all like self-serving, if you will. What say you on the National League accepting the DH. I think that a lot of people have kind of, and I've gotten on, you know, arguments on Twitter about this. Now, you know, as I've said before, Twitter is not a hotbed of common sense, but I think that there's this, uh, there's a misconception that I have been all for the DH on both leagues forever. What I've wanted is just consistency. If they made an announcement that said we are banning the DH across both leagues, I, I mean, I'm not saying I would have been all for it, but I've been, I've, I've been okay with it. What bothered me is the fact that, like, there's, especially now with interleague play, the idea that the National League and American League are these two completely separate entities, like, that's not true. Like, you play, as an American League team, will play, you know, 15, 20 games a year against National League opponents um, at this point. Like, that does make a big difference. And it's the thing that's always bothered me is I just found it silly. Like, it's the equivalent to me of in the Western Conference in the NBA they just played with a nine-foot rim. Like, it's, there's a huge advantage and or disadvantage depending on when, you know, where you're playing and which ballparks you're playing in. So I'm really happy with it. 
I think that it's going to make the game actually more fun in terms of pace of play. It could um, make, you know, could impact it. But on the, on the other side of that, Anthony, like pitching changes, are, you know, take a ton of time. And we're going to see fewer pitching changes because a pitcher is not going to have to get pulled in the fifth inning because their, their spot in the order is up. Um, and just in terms of fan, you know, uh, engagement, I, it's a very simple kind of, you know, uh, equation here. Would you rather see Max Scherzer hit or Pete Alonso? Would you rather see uh, uh, Madison Bumgarner go to bat or, or uh, Nelson Cruz? I, I think that fans love heavy hitters. They love home runs. I think fan engagement, this is going to improve things a lot. I do, I do really get like the idea of you know, you're removing strategy from the game, but I also think that there's already enough strategy in the game. There's strategy involved in how you create your lineup. There's strategy involved in, in how you adjust your defense. I think there's a million different things uh, that, that can make a manager's strategy and can add to a game without actually having to have a no DH in the National League. So it's something I'm all for um, simply because I'm just a fan of the consistency. Uh, last one here for you. On a personal note, tell us about I'll Say This with Chris Castellani presented by Barstool yes. Sports. Tell, tell us about I love the graphic, by the way, the this with the Tiger script. That was great. Thank you. Well, you can thank my producer, Matt Hankel, who's done an awesome job editing my movie reviews and making me look good for a long time. I um, Well, look, what it's going to be in, uh, in the first episode, I believe, will air on Monday, uh, starting on my YouTube page. Uh, you can subscribe there. The link to that is in my Twitter uh, bio. Basically, what it's going to be, you know, that you have the Tiger's graphic, but um, I'm a talker. I've been that way my entire life. And what it's, what it will be is me doing a show that is all encompassing. Barstool has done an incredible job of giving me so much freedom and allowing me to talk about what I want to talk about. It will be that, but it will have a main focus on Michigan based sports, whether that be a uh, Detroit Tiger stuff, Michigan stuff, Michigan stuff. Um, it will obviously sport be sports centric, but you know, there will be those days in the summers in which you know, maybe it's a slow news day and I might just want to talk about something from my life or talk about something mental health related or do the occasional interview. Uh, it's a lot of creative freedom. It's going to take time to really kind of get off the ground and figure out what it is. But um, I, I'm really looking forward to the opportunity. I hope people subscribe, tune in, give it a watch. I, I think it's going to be a really exciting thing and I can't wait for it. He is Chris Castellani. Find him on Twitter. If you're not following already, you should be. Click the follow button. For God's sake, Castellani 2014. Chris, my friend, as always, thank you so much for the time today, partner. Great to have you back on the program. Great to have baseball back as well. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, and you did an awesome job at Chrysler again this year, man. Thanks so much. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.